Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I'm an astrologer and intuitive healer, and this is my podcast where I invite you to come heal with me and offer tools and resources for living your best, most witchy and spiritual life. This week's podcast is part two of my mini series on setting boundaries. Be sure to go check out part one if you haven't already. It's a really good episode check it out. Additionally, if you're new to the podcast and find that you've enjoyed this mini-series on boundaries, I would encourage you to check out the show notes for some related episodes that may be helpful to you if you enjoyed this one. Before I dive into this week's episode, I also wanted to mention that I know in last week's episode I mentioned everyone go check out the book Boundary Boss by Terry Cole because I personally have found it to be a very practical, useful, helpful book on learning how to set boundaries step by step. And I just wanted to mention that a quick Google search or YouTube search on setting boundaries can be super helpful as well. You can search things like boundary scripts and Terry Cole actually has a wonderful YouTube channel that you can check out as well for those of you who are looking for some free resources on how to set boundaries step by step that don't require buying a book. And you could also try looking for the book at your local library or see if you can request it if they don't have it. I'm not sponsored by Terry Cole or anything like that, by the way. I just really enjoy her work and have found her stuff to be very useful. And as some of you may know, I love sharing people and things that have helped me on my journey in hopes that it will hopefully help you on your journey as well. All that being said... Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so the first order of business here, the first thing that I want to go over in this week's podcast episode is I really want to talk about being direct when asserting your boundaries. So I want to ask you, are you being direct when you're asserting your boundaries? I hear a lot of people tell me that they asserted their boundaries with someone and it's the most indirect thing a lot of the times that I've ever heard when they actually tell me what they did or how they talked to that person. I've seen and heard people assert boundaries by playing it off with jokes. I had someone tell me that someone was talking to them once about something they didn't want to discuss anymore and they just walked away. Now, that is technically a form of communication, but I want to say that they may have communicated in that moment that that person is done talking to them, but the person they were talking to doesn't know why that person doesn't want to talk to them, and they may still continue to talk to that person about the thing that they're talking about that the other person doesn't want to talk about. Talk about. (laughs) Are you confused yet? Is your head spinning? So I talked in the last episode about how you can confront someone without being confrontational. I have found that the absolute best way to do this is by practicing nonviolent communication. There's actually a whole book about nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg, PhD, that really breaks down all the ins and outs of nonviolent communication. The whole process of nonviolent communication can be broken down into four parts. Part one is observation. Part two is feelings. Part three is needs. And part four is requests. 
The example given for Marshall Rosenberg's book is a mother communicating with her son might sound something like Felix. And this part is a direct quote from the book as an example of what nonviolent communication looks like. It might sound something like, Felix, when I see two balls of soiled socks under the coffee table and another three next to the TV, I feel irritated because I am needing more order in the rooms that we share in common. And you can Google more examples to get a feel for what practicing non-violent communication is like. But basically, all you're doing is focusing on using what they call I statements instead of you and saying like, well, you always do this or you should do this or you blah, blah, blah. Because as I mentioned in last week's episode, nobody can make anyone do, say, or feel anything. When you're confronting someone and asserting your boundaries, focus on yourself. Mention what you're observing and or experiencing. Mention what you're feeling. State your needs and then make the request And I think it can seem like a lot to remember when you're first getting into it. I would recommend if you're new to practicing nonviolent communication and if you feel like this is a lot of stuff to remember and it might be challenging for you, my best piece of advice would be to practice writing out all the things you want to express to the person that you're planning to confront using nonviolent communication and write it down on paper or in the notes app in your phone, whatever you're comfortable with, and just practice it that way first and maybe even try saying it out loud a few times so that you can get a better feel of how to word things when you're actually talking to the person that you want to confront. Additionally, you could try practicing ahead of time with a trusted friend or a family member as well. That's another really great way to practice getting into the habit of using those I statements and practicing the four core sort of fundamentals of nonviolent communication, which are observation, feelings, needs, and requests. Again, you can Google examples of that if you need more ideas, or you can check out the book, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, PhD. That book is very in-depth and will give you all the ins and outs of practicing nonviolent communication. And like I said, it might be a little bit of a learning curve at first, but I find that this really helps because when you focus on yourself, you avoid putting blame on other people or criticizing other people. And that's really helpful because when we put blame or start criticizing other people, it immediately puts them in the hot spot. It puts them in defense mode. And then you don't really get anywhere. So by focusing on yourself, by using the I statements and stating how you feel, this is hopefully going to get you a lot farther than just having an argument with someone or letting things escalate. Those are kind of my tips and tricks for trying to be direct and clearly state your boundaries and your needs without being super confrontational. And honestly, the more you learn about nonviolent communication, the more you practice it, I really think if you focus on that communication style, it will help you to be more direct so that you're not feeling like your needs aren't being met and like you're not being heard and you're not getting what you want. So that is my biggest tip for that because I know sometimes it's hard to be direct and sometimes you you need to be direct. Like you need to just tell people flat out, hey, this is happening. But I think those moments are maybe fewer and farther between sometimes. So yeah, so that is my advice on being direct when asserting your boundaries. Okay, so now that I've gone over how to be direct when asserting your boundaries, the next thing that I want to talk about 
is having a consequence for your boundaries because your boundaries are not going to be effective if you don't have a consequence for them. And then the even bigger consequence will be that you may walk away from someone feeling disrespected or resentful, annoyed, and feeling like your needs aren't being met. So you need to think ahead of time or even after you set the boundary about what the consequence is going to be. You also need to decide how many chances you're going to give someone before you actually enact that consequence. And that is entirely up to you and what you want to do and how you want to handle the situation. For me personally, once is usually enough, but depending on the context and the nature of the situation, I might be a little more forgiving and give them one or two more chances max. But how you want to do that is entirely up to you. There's no rules for that. But you need to decide on something because otherwise you're just going to continuously have people who keep overstepping your boundaries and that's not going to feel very good for you. Some examples of consequences when setting boundaries might be a natural consequence of someone else's actions. You might decide that if someone does something and winds up in the police station because of their own poor choices, you may decide that you're not going to be the one to go bail them out of jail. So that's one example. And then these examples of like things you can say or things you might want to think about as consequences are from an article that I found on Boundaries by an author named Leah Panayatova. Leah Panayatova. And I'll link that in the show notes if any of you want to go check it out. But some of these consequences might sound like if you continue shouting at me, I will leave the room. Or if you continue shouting at me, I will ask you to leave. Or if you continue insert inappropriate behavior here, I will leave. Or I will ask you to leave. The next one would be if you continue to repeat insert inappropriate behavior, I will consider all of my options, including leaving the relationship. If you continue to ignore my solutions or suggestions, I will assume that you are not interested in receiving help from me and I will stop working on your case or I'll stop working with you or whatever. That's something that's just really important to think about when setting a boundary because like I said, the boundary becomes ineffective when there's no consequence and unfortunately, even though it's uncomfortable, that may be the harsh reality and it may feel uncomfortable, especially in the beginning, but I promise you boundaries are like a muscle and the more that you keep practicing it and the more you keep doing it, the easier it gets and the less it becomes so scary and intimidating because you'll know how to handle the situation. So think about what your consequences are going to be when someone oversteps a boundary with you. And, you know, these are some examples that I found online. You can do your own research and find your own examples or just, you know, think about what that's going to be. Um, it might be that you don't go over to a certain person's house anymore if you're dealing with family. It might be that, or even friends for that matter. It might be that you just stop talking to that person or maybe you only talk to that person about certain things or you stop asking them for their help or you decide that you're not going to work with them anymore. Boundaries can look very different and so can the consequences and all of that is going to be dependent on you and your needs and what you're looking to sort of get out of that situation. So that is all I have to say on that. The next thing I want to talk about, and this is kind of a big one, I could probably do a whole entire podcast episode on that alone, but boundaries are sometimes, boundaries sometimes require cutting people off, which can lead to feelings of grief, even if the person or the relationship is unhealthy or toxic. So this is a big one, like I already said. When it comes to setting boundaries, many of us 
are afraid to set boundaries because we're afraid of losing a relationship, even if it's toxic or unhealthy. First of all, I want to say that your peace should be more important than anything else. And if someone is interfering with that, then they need to go. It's important to value your time and energy enough to want to leave that relationship because if you continue with that relationship, you're going to end up draining your energy by thinking and being worried and stressed out over this person all the time. The next thing that I want to say is that when you let go of someone, even if they're unhealthy or toxic to be around, you may experience a grieving process. And I feel like this isn't really talked about enough in terms of like setting boundaries and ending toxic relationships. Because when we think about grief, we often think about people passing away and them being on the other side. But the reality is that grief shows up in so many other facets of our lives. It shows up when we leave a relationship or a job or move to a new city or make some other big life change. And for those of you listening who don't know the five stages of grief, those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. You may find that you spend a lot of time flip-flopping between all of these throughout different points of your experience with making changes and letting things go, but be careful that you don't get totally stuck in one or all of these. But I would also encourage you to be patient. Healing takes time and hold space and compassion for yourself as you move through these different feelings because you'll experience them and... I would just challenge you to sit with them and not shame or judge yourself for having any of these emotions. It can be really hard to let go of someone in your life that you are really close to, whether that's a friend, a family member, a romantic relationship. Even if the relationship's unhealthy or toxic, it can be really hard to really let go of these things. Give yourself a little bit of grace, a little bit of patience, a little bit of compassion. Understand that you're probably going to move through these different stages of griefs for different amounts of time at different stages. Like you might think that you've reached that acceptance phase, but you might find yourself falling back into the anger phase or the denial phase or the bargaining phase or the depression phase. Like you might flip-flop throughout all of them for a certain amount of time. And I also want to just say that like it's a lo- our society looks so down on this, but it's okay to cut ties with family members if they're overstepping your boundaries. It's okay to end a toxic relationship with a family member. I think biologically even we're wired and designed to want to nurture these relationships with our families. And there's so many reasons for that, right? Like there's so many reasons why we want to be close to these people. I mean, I think a big part of that is a lot of us don't want to feel alone. We want to have connection and we want to have these meaningful, fulfilling relationships in our lives. But I I just want you, I want to challenge you all to think about family and how family can be extended to other people in your life that aren't blood related to you. And I would even want to mention that a lot, many of us know that quote, blood is thicker than water. And we often use that quote when we're talking about family members and how we have to have family loyalty and all this stuff. But I'm going to tell you guys something that might be a little shocking to some of you. But did you know that The full version of that quote is actually the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. That's one of those quotes that we've taken over the years and we've just completely changed it around and misconstrued it and used it in different contexts. I keep that in mind a lot when I'm dealing with stuff and I want you guys to keep that in mind as well if you're dealing with people that just aren't serving you, aren't making you feel good. And I'm not saying that you have to set hard and fast boundaries and that you can never leave a door open for people or 
you have to never talk to them again. I mean, it's so hard because it's so subjective. Certain cases, yes. If someone's like beating you, you should not be talking to them. You should not interact with them ever again. If someone's done something like that to you that's really hurtful, no. And I mean, you get to decide that. You get to decide what your deal breakers are, what your hard and fast rules are, and what you're not going to allow. That's the thing about boundaries. And there's so many different levels and layers to them. And it's all for you to decide. You have that. If you feel like you need that permission slip, I'm giving you that permission slip right now that you can decide how you want to be treated. You can decide what you're going to allow into your life and what's important to you. If no one in your life is making you feel that way currently and they're telling you other things, I will be that voice to tell you that you're allowed to do the things that you want to do and to have the relationships that you want to have and feel the way that you want to feel. That is all I have to say about boundaries and cutting people off. The next thing and last thing that I want to go over that I want to talk about is boundaries are not always external and something that we share with other people. Sometimes boundaries are an internal process. Sometimes we need to set boundaries, not just with other people, but with ourselves. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but in the last year or so, I've had to learn to set boundaries with coworkers, for example. I'm very particular about who I let be friends with me on Facebook. And for the most part, I don't really allow my coworkers to be friends with me on Facebook anymore because of some of the experiences that I had over the last year. That's a boundary that I set with myself where I don't typically allow coworkers to be friends with me on Facebook. I also don't always allow myself to eat a ton of sugar first thing in the morning because sugar still impacts your blood sugar even if you're not diabetic. And I have learned that when I start my day with a lot of sugar and simple carbs that my blood sugar is on a roller coaster all day and I feel way more tired, cranky, and I find myself just reaching for certain foods that don't make me feel good. That is a boundary that I set with myself. Are there exceptions to that last one? Of course, I still once in a while will eat pancakes or muffins on special occasions, but in my regular day-to-day life, I just don't do it because I like to have a steady level-headed flow of energy throughout the day. You need to think about what boundaries you want to set with yourself. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, a good way to do that is by paying attention to what your values are and paying attention to your emotions and how certain interactions with people make you feel. Because anytime you're feeling something, that's just your own way of knowing and being guided to what things feel good to you, what doesn't feel good to you, what things you need to work on. I actually just posted a reel on Instagram talking a little bit about this, about using our feelings to kind of navigate what we want to heal and what we want to work on in our lives. And in this case, I would even say like, what are your goals? Your goals should align with your values and give you that clear why so that when you actually start enacting those boundaries with yourself, it will hopefully be a lot easier because you'll have a much clearer and solid foundation for why you're doing what you're doing. And when you keep promises to yourself and you do the things that you say you're going to do, that builds self-esteem, that makes you feel better, it gives you confidence and trust and faith within yourself, and it really makes you feel like you can do things. We want to feel good. The whole part of why I'm doing this podcast and why I'm doing the healing work and wanting to do healing work with others is because I just, I personally like to feel good and I want everyone else to feel good. That is all I have for you folks this week. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving for those of you who celebrate it here in the U.S. And for the rest of you, I 
just wish you a wonderful week and a happy Friday if you're listening to this on a Friday when it comes out. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes and Spotify to help the podcast grow. It really, truly helps so much, and I really, truly appreciate it when you folks do that. Be sure to check out my Patreon if you haven't already. Don't forget, you are so much more than your sun sign, and I will catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast. Thank you.